It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Are locked on Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thank you for joining us on a Monday edition of the show. Today's show, our title sponsor is Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all of the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need. Check them out at rockauto.com. A lot to get to on a Monday edition of the show. What does it mean when BYU's offense is winning the scrimmage portions of practice so far in fall camp over the defense? We'll examine that with some comments I've gotten from my inside sources on the BYU football program. We'll examine all of that. We'll also talk about our player countdown series. Got a bevy of names to catch up on on today's show. And also, I was on the call for a couple of BYU prospects football game last Friday. How did they look? How do you think they would fit in at BYU after seeing them with my own eyes once again? We'll talk about that as well. So a lot to get to on a Monday edition of the show. It's also brought to you in part today by our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. So let's get rolling here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for August 17th, 2020. What's up, my friends? This is Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking the time to download your original daily podcast on Focus on the BYU Cougars with us here. As I mentioned, a lot to get to here on this Monday edition of the show, but a reminder for you guys real quick to make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening in from, so that way you never miss an episode of this podcast. We talk BYU football, basketball, and pretty much everything else in between, sharing all the news you guys need to know about each day, as well as passing along insider information that you will not find anywhere else. So make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button once again and join us each and every day. All right, let's kick off today's show. And of course, late last week, BYU scrimmaged for what I believe is the second time in fall camp. And Kalani Satake, in speaking with the media afterwards, said that the offense won the day again over the BYU defense. And Obviously, that's going to ring alarm bells for BYU football fans, throwing them back to 2019 and the defense that just struggled, especially late in the season, seemingly couldn't get off the field in any significant fashion and just struggled overall. And that was just a, it was a bad time to be a BYU defender because I think the BYU fan base was very harsh and very critical of that defense. And you would think, okay, going into fall camp, they're going to have a chip on their shoulder. They want to be, prove to be better. Well, I can tell you guys this much. BYU's offense looks very good so far in fall camp. Talking with multiple people who have been at practice multiple times to watch BYU practicing, they say the offense looks stellar. BYU's offensive line really looks like the veteran unit you expect it to be. Uh, Zach Wilson or any of the other quarterbacks out there have had their moments. Uh, they've all done well. The running back group, it looks like there's a three-headed monster emerging here, consisting of Tyler Algier, Lopini Katoa, and Hinkley Ropati. All three of them showing extremely well with Jax McChesney lurking just behind. So sounds like things are working out there. And also the young wide receiving core should be doing some good things. And as you all know, we have a proven option uh, with Matt Bushman at tight end. But obviously guys behind him, Isaac Rex, uh, Carter Wheat, etc. All are showing what they can do. So it's not surprising that BYU's offense is doing well in fall camp. But 
in talking with people around the BYU football program, they have not yet once faced the entirety of what would be considered BYU's first-team defense. I'm talking about having Kyrus Tonga and Lorenzo Fawatea on the front line for BYU at defensive tackle and nose guard. You're not seeing the top linebackers at any given time for BYU. During this time of year, the linebacking core very much is in flux. Guys like Isaiah Kafusi will be put in with younger prospects to get them on the field together so that they can learn from a veteran's uh, experience and see what they do to operate on the field. So the it's not surprising that BYU's offense is very much improved and showing well in fall camp. But it's also not as concerning about the BYU defense as I think some would have it be or have, have it seem to be on social media. I was at family dinner with my family yesterday out of my parents' house, and my younger brother was asking me, well, I keep hearing the BYU offense is just killing the BYU defense. I'm like, yeah, it's a good thing. You'd like to see that. Obviously, I've been very high on BYU's offense uh, throughout this offseason. Those of you who've been listening to this podcast, all summer long, I've been saying I'm extremely bullish on BYU's chances this fall. Obviously, the schedule is still very much in flux. We'll see if BYU is able to get some games announced here in the next few days. I actually have a sneaking suspicion we're going to start to see a little bit of a run here of games being announced. And that's just a question of if the uh, other programs who are currently talking with BYU move forward with their season. Uh, it's tangent for a second here. The NCAA lead doctor uh, said that currently we can't play sports safely late, what, Saturday night, if I'm not mistaken, maybe, maybe even Friday night on a national uh, news network. I don't remember which one, but he's saying it's not safe to play football. If that's taken to heart, these other programs who are planning on playing this fall may begin to fall by the wayside. But I think that there's still every indication and every hope and desire from the BYU football program. You're even seeing it in the Big Ten. Ohio State, Wisconsin, a number of uh, families or parents of players in those programs have sent letters to Kevin Warren, the Big Ten commissioner, asking for the Big Ten to renege on its decision to postpone the fall season and play football this fall. Okay, so getting back to the point at hand here, I expect BYU to announce some games here in the coming few days, but I really do like BYU's chances. I really feel like this offense is going to be a problem for opposing teams. I think by and large, the offense has finally gotten to where the majority of them are upperclassmen, juniors, and seniors, and that should lend itself to more consistent play, more consistent effort, and more uh, predictable results. Now, BYU's defense, on the other hand, struggled mightily, as we already talked about, in 2019. You would like to see them make some strides in 2020. I can tell you this much, and if you've heard me talk about this on the podcast, I'm going to sound like a little bit of like a broken record. Kalani Satake has taken on a larger role with the BYU defense. I'm not going to go out there and say that he is the defensive coordinator, and Elisa Tuiaki has the defensive coordinator uh, title in name only. Elisa is still very much involved. Guys like Ed Lamb very much involved. You've seen Preston Hadley and Gennaro Guilford with their bike rides to the BYU facility every day talking about the lessons that they're both learning and also teaching their players. The coaching staffs at BYU on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball, they're very collaborative. But I can tell you this much. Kalani Satake has taken on a bigger role with the BYU defense and really trying to put his imprint on it. He was an elite Power 5 defensive coordinator at Utah for many, many years. He has not forgotten how to coordinate a defense to get the best out of the guys he's got out there, but he is going to need some time to get the pieces right. There have been some dings and dents along BYU's defensive front that have 
limited guys in terms of their availability during practice so far. Obviously, you're, this time of year, you're going to see guys uh, have a sore knee, let's say, or a, their shoulder doesn't feel quite right that day. The coaching staff at BYU is going to be very careful to keep guys fully healthy. And obviously, with the added uh, issue with COVID-19, they're always going to be erring on the side of caution, maybe even more so than they were in the past. So don't take uh, too much of the offenses beating the defense on a daily basis or in these scrimmages for BYU to mean that the defense is absolute Swiss cheese and BYU's offense is a buzzsaw. I think that the truth lies in between both of those. I think this defense... It's going to be better than a year ago. I think that they've kind of got some things figured out. I don't think they're going to be dropping eight every single game for seemingly the entirety of the contest. They're not going to do that. And also on offense, like I said, they've grown up. That's plain and simple. The experience factor alone for BYU's offense should lend itself to a more potent attack in 2020. So I'm still extremely bullish on BYU's chances should they get on the field this fall. And I'm praying like you wouldn't believe that we get to see football this fall. I'd like to see BYU squaring off against Navy to kick off the season on September 7th. That's what I'm planning on uh, watching and covering. But I think that the nice part is is that BYU, they're working hard. That's the biggest thing. You're seeing this defense. Yeah, they're taking their lumps. Absolutely. This offense has been handing it to them. I'm most impressed from what I'm hearing about BYU's offensive line. They've been absolutely bullying BYU's defensive line. And like I said, they haven't faced the entirety of what would be constituting BYU's first team defensive line. Uriah Leotawa is hurt. Kairos Tong has been held out of a lot of big team portions because they already have him as a proven commodity. Uh, Lorenzo Fawatea, similar situation. They feel like they know what they're going to get from him. So, it, it, yeah, BYU's offensive line should dominate the backups along BYU's defensive line. But I think overall, this is going to be a better team in general, speaking of the BYU football program. I really like what I'm hearing out of Provo so far in fall camp. Obviously, this is quote-unquote hype season. Every program does this. Every broadcaster, writer, podcaster like myself, we all hype it up. And we're guilty of that. But in talking with people who have been to multiple practices, like I said, I've got multiple people who feed me information out of the BYU football program. There's a lot to be excited about for BYU football. So let's just hope they actually get on the field this fall and have an opportunity to show us what they've been showing in practice to people who have been in attendance because it's been a very small number of people who have been down there that have been able to see BYU in practice. But like I said, I'm really excited to see what they can show this fall and hopefully get that opportunity. All right, so there you go. Letting you guys know maybe what to make a little bit more of what BYU's offense versus defense means here in fall camp. But I really do like BYU's offense. I like the team in general. And I expect strides to be made along BYU's defense as well as we get ready and closer and closer to the football season. So stay with us. We'll continue to keep you updated each and every day with the latest coming from BYU fall camp as we usually do. I will have more from BYU media availability that will be happening today on tomorrow's podcast. And We'll have it covered for you from top to bottom. All right, coming up here in just a second, we're going to talk a little bit more about our player countdown series. A big weekend, uh, talking about a lot of different players who won the fan votes over the weekend. Apologies if you didn't get to the bonus editions over the weekend. My kids kept me hopping seemingly all weekend long. I didn't really have a chance to sit down and do a podcast. My apologies for that. But we'll catch up on the player countdown series here in just a minute. Make sure you guys are up to date on all of that. And of course, catch up on everything else going on in BYU Sports News here in just a little bit later on the podcast. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at rockauto.com. I've told you guys, rockauto.com is the ultimate source for all the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need. 
What I love most about rockauto.com is the fact you can order whatever you need and it's shipped directly to your door. It's not being shipped to some auto parts store that you've got to drive to and get your parts. If you need anything, motor oil, new parts for your car, new uh, carburetor, a new muffler, whatever it might be, rockauto.com is the answer for you. Go to rockauto.com. You can search out your model and your year of your car. So let's say I have a 2013 Chevrolet Cruze. So I'd go look that up. And guess what? You tell it what you're looking for for that car. It brings up all the different manufacturers who make that part. And then you can specify what you're looking for. You want to shop by price. You want to shop by specifications. You want to shop by manufacturer. You can customize your experience to what you're looking for at rockauto.com. When you stop by, I need to ask of you guys one thing. Make sure to fill in locked on on the how did you hear about us box when you stop by rockauto.com. It lets them know that the Locked On Cougars podcast and our network sent you to check it out, guys. I can promise you, you will not be disappointed with rockauto.com. Fantastic company, a family-owned company, been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years at this point. So this is a great way to get the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need. Check it out. That's rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all of the parts your car, truck, or SUV will ever need. Check them out once again at rockauto.com. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. All right, guys, our player countdown series rolls on. We have three different numbers to get through on today's podcast. So let's have a lot of fun. Let's dive on in. Kicking off right now, talking about player number 21, the best Cougar to have worn this number. And Ben Criddle, if you're listening to us, apologies that you are not on the list. And it's nothing against you personally, Criddler. I just had some other people who I thought were more deserving. And I think a guy like Jamal Williams, you're not going to argue with. And Jamal Williams was a finalist, the former BYU running back, the all-time leading rusher in BYU football program history. Former BYU forward Russ Larson also on this list. Former BYU cornerback Tim McTire. One of the best cornerback tandems ever at BYU involved McTire along with Omar Morgan in 1996. Uh, Two of the best cover corners BYU has ever seen. Tim's a great guy. Played in the NFL for a time and now coaching high school football in Southern California. And also former BYU pitcher Rick Aguilera. Kind of an average pitcher at BYU during his time as a Cougar, but then went on to be in the MLB, Major League Baseball. Just an absolute stud as a reliever and also was a starting pitcher for a time. Really found himself in the pro ranks, but still had a good run with the BYU Cougars as well. Well, as you would expect, Jay Swag Daddy himself, Jamal Williams, very much was the overwhelming favorite in the fan vote on this. Uh, Jamal Williams finished with 82.5% of the vote. Tim McTire with 8.4%. Russ Larson, 6.3%. And Rick Aguilera with 2.8%. And I have a hard time arguing against Jay Swaggy today himself. Jamal Williams, a great story, a young man who came to BYU, not necessarily uh, 
understanding what he was getting himself into. He's talked about the fact they had a culture shock when he signed on with the Cougars and showed up here, but pretty much from the time he was a freshman, he was been a fan favorite. A guy who would uh, throw footballs and play catch with people before games later on in his career at BYU. Had that effervescent smile always on his face. Had a mom who was just absolutely spectacular. Embraced BYU fans. Embraced just everything that BYU football was all about. And Jamal made good on that. Uh, Obviously suffered a pretty significant knee injury during his time as a Cougar. Ended up redshirting a year, but He's made his way into the NFL with the Green Bay Packers and has been Mr. Reliable at points for the Green Bay Packers. They have had issues with other running backs, but it feels like when Jamal Williams has been given his opportunity, he just gets the job done, no matter if it's in pass protection, catching the ball out of the backfield, picking up those tough yards on short runs. Jamal's been Mr. Reliable in the NFL, and I think BYU fans saw that throughout his time as a Cougar. He just very much was that type of guy that you could trust to really do the right thing when you needed it. And BYU's been looking for a replacement for him since he left the Cougars in Kalani Satake's first year as head coach. I don't think they have that necessarily on the roster this year, but I do have hopes that at some point a guy like Sione Finau could become that type of a player. I'm extremely high on Hinkley Ropati. Everything I've heard out of BYU practices so far, he's been extremely impressive, really doing well learning the playbook. Obviously, he's a little bit behind his teammates in terms of him joining fall camp a little bit late. But I'm telling you guys, Hinkley Ropati is going to be on the field this fall, and don't be surprised if he has a bigger role than you might envision for a junior college running back who joined fall camp, what, a week into it. So I think Jamal Williams, an easy selection, is the best Cougar to have worn the number 21. On to number 20 here. Our finalist list actually it was a little bit uh, more diverse in terms of the fan vote. We had former BYU guard Dick Namelka, one of the best BYU basketball players in the mid-1960s, one of the elite eras of BYU basketball. They won the NIT title during that era, and he was a big part of it, speaking of uh, Mr. Namelka. Former BYU tight end at Daniel Coates, uh, great player. You'll never forget his celebration against Georgia Tech in, what, 2004, when he caught that touchdown pass. Uh, Daniel Coates became one of the best blocking tight ends BYU's ever seen in a long to go with his ability to catch the ball. Went on to play for a time in the NFL and is now back home here in Utah, Northern Utah, coaching uh, the Farmington football program, Farmington High School up there in Davis and Weaver County. So Daniel Coates, an easy selection here. And also uh, you have BYU midfielder Marin Hendershot. That may may not sound familiar to some of you, but she's the second all-time leading scorer in BYU women's soccer history. 52 goals to her name. Uh, BYU Hall of Fame inductee. Just a great Cougar, one of the best ever do it for the women's soccer program at BYU. And those of you who pay attention to women's soccer know how good that program has been. Some of the prolific goal scorers who have come out of that program. And Hendershot right up there among the best of them. And then finally, former BYU wide receiver slash running back, Reno or Junior Mahe. Uh, Reno, obviously a fan favorite during his time as a Cougar, went on to have a pretty long career in the NFL as a kick returner and punt returner for the Philadelphia Eagles mainly. And just a great dude all the way around. Spent some time under Kalani Satake as the running backs coach for BYU for two seasons before being dismissed and moving on to other ventures. But 
Reno's been a great ambassador for the BYU ambassador, excuse me, for the BYU football program and a guy that I think was an easy selection as the best Cougar to have worn this number. I kind of argued back and forth. Do I pick Marin Hendershot? But I wanted to go with Reno. I really did like what he did. I really did enjoy, excuse me, not, not really did like what he did. That's just a really weird sentence. But I really did enjoy what he did for BYU when he first showed up as a Cougar. was known as Junior Mahe and just was a crazy man running all over the field making plays. Then he had spent some time at Dixie College after some incidents as a BYU as a BYU football player. Came back to the Cougars, then known as Reno Mahe, and reeled off two great seasons before moving on to play in the NFL for Andy Reid and the Philadelphia Eagles. Like I said, uh, it's just a great story for Reno Mahe, and obviously the fan vote went in favor of Reno with 56.7 percent of the vote going to him. Daniel Coates 23.7 percent, Dick Namelka Dick Namelka 14.4 percent. And kind of disappointing, Marin Hendershaw, which is 5.2%. But I think that may be because she's not necessarily as well-known as some of the other BYU women's soccer stars of her of previous generations versus current uh, fans, etc. All right, and then one final number to get to on today's podcast is the number 19. We'll get to number 18 tomorrow. And the number 19, our a fan vote actually went in favor of the person I figured it would, but I I think that it was a good pick overall. Chris Ferrisopoulos, the galloping Greek himself, was a great player in Southern California before coming to BYU and becoming a standout return man slash defensive back. Uh, great last name, Ferrisopoulos. And when your nickname is the galloping Greek, that's just a great nickname. There's no doubt about it. Former BYU center slash BYU women's outside hitter on the women's volleyball team, in addition to being a star for the BYU women's basketball team, Jennifer Hampson on this list former BYU wide receiver Matt Braga, and former BYU defensive back Dustin Staley making up our finalist list on today's podcast. And as you would expect, Jennifer Hampson winning the fan vote with 65% of the vote. Dustin Staley, 15%. Chris Ferrisopoulos with 10%. Also, Matt Braga with 10% as well. Jennifer Hampson's an easy selection here. She was a star in two different sports for BYU, leading them to the NCAA tournament in both sports. Uh, she is now second all-time in blocks in BYU women's basketball history, if I'm not mistaken. Only her mother, Tressa Spalding Hampson, someone we've already honored on this countdown, is the best of all time in terms of the block shots for BYU women's basketball. And not 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 a hard selection at all to pick Jennifer Hampson, just an elite standout athlete. And to do it at two different sports, something that almost overlap. Actually, no, they do overlap because women's volleyball is not done by the time women's basketball tips off in the fall. And she would play both sports. She ultimately ended up uh, uh, fixating and focusing on BYU women's basketball later on in her career as a Cougar. But just a fantastic athlete. There was no doubt about it. She might be one of, if not the best women's athlete to come through BYU. It's at least in the last 20 years, I would venture at the very minimum. I'm telling you, Jennifer Hampson was an absolute star, a legend in the making. Any of you who saw her play in person know exactly what I'm talking about. She was phenomenal and a ton of fun to watch when she played for the Cougars. So I think it was an easy selection to have Jennifer Hampson as the best Cougar to have won the number 19. Like I said, we'll get to number 18 tomorrow. We'll continue to count you down as we get closer and closer to the BYU football season. Think about it, guys. We're under three weeks away from when BYU is supposed to kick off the college football season. And that's what we do this player countdown series for. Just think about how close that is. And let's hope that we get these games going fast because I'm excited to see BYU football in action. 
I have hope that we do see them in action. And even if it does get cut short, so be it. We'll, we'll deal with that. But coming up here in just a second, we'll stick with the BYU football theme of things. Some potential future Cougars I got to see on the field with my own eyes on Friday while I was calling the Lone Peak Tim View game. We'll tell you what I learned about guys like Raider DeMooney, Logan Fineau, and John Henry Daly, as well as a couple other guys that stood out to me. We'll get to all of that here in just a second. Today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. I've told you a lot about this company over the past few years, but they are the best of the best, and they do it the best. So trust your trust your home and your pest control needs with our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. What I love about this company is they will customize their service plan to fit your needs. They offer two unique service plans I wanted to tell you about today. One being that they offer one-time services. You have a one-time issue. They'll come out, they'll treat your home, and then they'll leave you alone. They don't make you sign a contract that requires quote-unquote follow-up visits. They'll make sure you're taken care of and they'll just not bug you anymore. That's what I love about it. They're, they're not in the business of knocking down your door to be like, hey, oh, we need to check on that once again. That's not how they go about business. But they also offer a different program. If you'd like that year-round support, that year-round protection, they offer a quarterly pest control program. They'll come out to your home once every three months on a rotating cycle. Make sure to treat your home and keep the barrier that's around your home to keep the creepy crawly things on the outside out there. They are very smart about what they do. They're very knowledgeable. They're capable of servicing any pest control need you might have termites, ants, spiders, whatever it may be, our guys at All Guard Pest Control can handle it for you. When you give them a call, tell them the Locked On Cougars and Jake Hatch sent you. They'll make sure you're taken care of because they're big-time BYU fans. Seth, the owner, I've met him multiple times. He takes care of my home. He is the best of the best. His team is the best of the best, and they'll make sure that you are taken care of and you are 100% satisfied. All you guys need to do to learn more about what All Guard Pest Control is all about is just search them out online. Their Google reviews are absolutely phenomenal. They take care of their customers. And if you're not satisfied, they'll make sure you are satisfied when they come back out to make sure everything's taken care of. That's the type of company this is. A local company based in Utah County, but capable of servicing anybody up and down the Wasatch Front. So trust your pest control needs to our good friends at All Guard Pest Control. I'll tell you this much. You will not be disappointed with All Guard Pest Control. Call them anytime. 801-851-1812. That's 801-851-1812. Check them out once again online as well at allguardpestcontrols.com. That's All Guard Pest Control, a proud partner with us here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. As we wrap up a Monday edition of the show, guys, I'm going to do something here that I'm going to do over the next few weeks and probably carrying forward just kind of as a regular thing on this podcast. But if you haven't heard already, I'm actually going to be part of the announcing team at Deseret News Rewind. And what you might not know about Deseret News Rewind is they're the live stream provider for the Deseret News. When you go online to watch high school football games this fall, 
By and large, most of those streams are going to be provided by the guys at Deseret News Rewind, and I couldn't be more thrilled to be part of the announcing team calling these games all around the state of Utah. I had the opportunity this past Friday to be at Tint View uh, down there in Provo to watch the Lone Peak Tint View matchup, and any of you who pay attention to recruiting know that there are a number of guys who BYU is currently recruiting on both of those teams. On the Lone Peak side of things, John Henry Daly is the headliner there. Of course, the younger brother of BYU assignee, Mike Daly. And I'm telling you guys, John Henry Daly, I know this brother was an elite player for the Knights. I think racked up, what, uh, 19, 20 sacks in a single season for Lone Peak. Telling you, John Henry Daly might be a better prospect than his brother. Uh, the nice thing about John Henry Daly is he has the size six foot four, 230 pounds, just lightning quick. He was an absolute terror all night long. Uh, Tim View's sizable offensive line had nothing they could do to really slow this guy down. They tried to block him, double team him, he would split it go one-on-one, chip him. No matter what it was, it felt like John Henry Daly was all over the field and just making plays. And he did nothing in that game to make you think that this guy is questionable about being a BYU guy. Obviously, he's not committed to the BYU football program. He's a long-held an offer from the Cougars. I expect it to be only a matter of time before he commits to BYU, but I'm telling you this much. If he continues to play the way he did against Timview, he's going to have a number of offers rolling in this fall because he's just that good of a prospect. He looks like the just the kind of the prototype as a pass rusher that BYU's kind of looking for and very impressed with him. On the opposite side of the uh, field was the Timview offense, and they had a couple of guys, actually three guys in that group, uh, who I was paying t- close attention to while I was calling this game. First was Raider DeMooney, the BYU commit as part of this year's recruiting class. Of course, he's the son of BYU recruiting coordinator Jack DeMooney. And this might have been one of the quietest nights I can remember seeing Raider DeMooney have. He was getting frustrated. Uh, he just did, wasn't getting the opportunity to get the ball uh, down the field to him. Their quarterback, Leo Amavai, a guy who BYU has kicked the tires on at points, uh, struggled most of the night to get anything consistent going. At one point, Raider DeMooney came off the field and it was very audible as we were on the uh, the press box just up from the Timview sideline. He's very frustrated with his role on the team that night and just struggled overall, but didn't have a very big night. But Raiders' talent is very evident. He had great play on defense as a returner. It was great. Also, actually, was ended up being the punter. If you remember uh, Nate Ritchie for Lone Peak a year ago, the guy who played everywhere all over the field, seemingly played five different positions at once. That's what Raider DeMooney is. He's just a great prospect. I don't think you'll see him have quiet nights like he had previously, but we'll see what happens. And Interested to see how it shakes out in that regard uh, for Rainer DeMooney, but I'm telling you, he was just very quiet on the night. Other guys who stood out to me from Timview included Logan Fanot, a guy that I thought uh, looked the part as a pass rusher, what plays outside linebacker, some defensive end for that lone peak defense. They usually run a three-man front, so plays a lot of outside rush linebacker. And Fano had a pick six that was very impressive. His teammate, Elijah Allen, uh, tipped up in the air. Fano plucked it out of the air and carried it into the end zone, only to have a penalty negate that. But he was very much uh, good on the edge, just like John Henry Daly was. Uh, Made life miserable overall for Lone Peak's quarterbacks. They had a little more success in terms of uh, getting the ball out to their receivers than they had for Timpview. But I really liked what Logan Fanot showed. Obviously, it's going to be a long shot, I think, for BYU to land Logan's signature. Formerly a BYU commit, but then open things up. 
He did nothing in that game, I felt like, to hurt his stock. I really do feel like he has got the talent. Uh, he looked a little skinnier than I remember him being, though. I wonder if he cut some weight here to maybe be a little more fluid and a little more quick on the football field, but did nothing to hurt himself. And then finally, Carson Ryan, a member of the 2022 recruiting class, a tight end for Lone Peak, not Lone Peak, Timview, excuse me, six foot four, 240 pounds, and looks every bit the part of an elite tight end. Carson Ryan, similar to Raider DeMooney, just the inability for Timview's offense to find a groove, they struggled. And I just felt like it was a, it was a negative night in terms of seeing what these guys can do when the ball's getting to them consistently. I remember Carson Ryan, I think I saw him catch two passes, one on a seam route and then one on the kind of a, a stick route. Both times he showed his athleticism to make the catch. He's a big body, hard to bring down, but just didn't get the opportunities to really show what he could do. All right, so there you go. Some of my thoughts on some of the top prospects playing in that game. This will kind of be a regular thing as I'm going to be out to games every Friday night. Currently scheduled to be calling the game at Sky Ridge this coming Friday against the Bingham Miners. Some great prospects in that game, but we'll see if that game ultimately gets played due to the fact that Bingham had three players test positive for COVID, had to cancel their game last Friday. We'll see if they're able to get on the field this Friday. It'd be nice to see them in action, but if I'm able to, I'll be able to watch some of the prospects coming out of that game. We'll have more thoughts for you guys in coming days and weeks about that. All right, that's going to do it for today's edition of the show. A big thank you once again for your continued support. It is a blast to be with you guys each and every day. I truly enjoy sitting down and talking BYU sports and I hope you guys enjoy this podcast as much as I enjoy bringing it to you. Make sure to leave that rating and review. We want those five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts. Make sure to let us know what you like about the show, etc. And also make sure to follow the show on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Search us out at Locked On Cougars. You always can feel free to email the show anytime you want as well. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address to drop us a note or thought or whatever you got for us. All right, that'll do it for this Monday edition of the show. Hope you guys are all doing well. Had a great weekend and your work week is off to a great start whenever you hear this. Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for August 17th, 2020. We'll catch you guys tomorrow. tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket so don't wait find locked on college basketball on youtube or wherever you get your podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day